Thank you for checking out the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe that no matter where you have come from or what you have come out of, today can be a life-changing day. Church should not be an obligation to endure each week, but rather a place to look forward to, a place where we can come together in community to grow in our lives. So join us today as we expect something good from our amazing God. We're so glad that you're with us. If you're with us online, we're so glad that you're joining us this morning. And uh, last week being Mother's Day, I kind of interjected a message in the middle of the series that we're in right now called Not By Sight. And uh, we talked about the, uh, the mother of faith last week. And the mother of faith, of course, being Sarah, right? If Abraham's the father of faith, then Sarah's the mother of faith. And so we talked about Sarah's faith, and I said there's a few more thoughts that I wanted to share before we finished talking up about it, but being, uh, wanting to be a blessing to the moms, I didn't give you everything that I had on Sarah, and uh, we ended a little bit early, maybe, um, so that moms could enjoy their day. So this morning, we're going to pick up on those last few thoughts from Sarah's life out of Hebrews 11, 11. So you can open up your Bibles there this morning, they'll put it on the Skybel behind me as well, if you don't have your Bible with you. But uh, this is what it says, Hebrews eleven eleven. It says, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who promised. Father, we thank you for your word this morning, and we thank you for the example of Sarah that you have given to us. Father, I thank you that you're teaching us and growing us in the realm, in the area of faith. And Father, I thank you that this morning, as we delve into this one simple passage, Father God, that you would help us realize how we go from the promise to the possession, from the promise to the possession. And Father, I just yield myself to you, and I declare every heart and ear open in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So this morning, what I want to talk about is how do we go from the promise to possession? From the promise to possession. And we've been talking about faith. And uh, in the realm of faith, we've already concluded that faith is simply our belief, right? And that faith isn't complicated. Faith comes the moment that we believe what the word says, right? But a lot of times what happens with people is they see a promise in the word, and they want to receive that promise, but the promise just doesn't show up. Hello? You sure? Okay. See, if we're not careful, when we read this verse, okay, it's one verse. But in this one verse, if we're not careful, we'll look at it and go, okay, well, that just happened like that for Sarah. And you know what, can I just tell you that a lot of times people look at receiving something by faith and they think it should just happen like that. And can I tell you that sometimes God does show up in a supernatural manifestation or a supernatural way and things do happen just like that. But we're not talking about God's miracles. We're talking about having faith. Okay? And a lot of times people confuse faith and miracles. Can I tell you that there's two ways to receive something from God? It's either by a supernatural dispensation, he does something supernatural in the moment, and boom, it happens. The second way we receive something from God is by faith. And too many people have equated the miraculous 
and faith and slammed them together so tightly that they expect that if I have faith for something, it should come like that. Can I tell you, not everything comes that way. And it's funny, a lot of times people step back and they watch people and they see what's happening in people's lives and they see, oh, that miracle happened for them and that miracle happened for them. And it appears on the surface that it just happened in a moment. But you have missed the process that they've been in to receive that miracle in a moment. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. It's from the promise being given to actually possessing the promise. Remember, this is really important, that the promise came to Abraham and Sarah. Most theologians agree the window was 15 to 25 years. So the promise of Isaac came between 15 and 25 years before Isaac arrived. How many of you know that's a while to wait for a promise? Amen? Say, Lord, make me patient. Come on, say, Lord, make me patient. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did it. I don't know why. Yeah. So how do we go from the promise to the possession? How do we go from hearing and receiving God's promise and grabbing a hold of it? The simple answer that everybody gives is faith, right? You ever been around people like that? Oh, just have faith, right? You're in the midst of it. You're believing God for something. and Oh, just have faith. And they make it sound like it's really simple, right? Those, those people irritate me, right? Because God's given me some promises, and there's not one of them that just came like that. So, oh, just have faith. Yeah, I'm in faith. The word says, by faith and patience, I inherit the promises. If I didn't need patience, I, I wouldn't need patience if it came instantaneous, right? Just saying. So they say, just have faith, trust God, believe in God. But what's amazing is if we look at everybody that we see in Hebrews 11, and I encourage you this week, go read Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is what's known as the heroes of faith chapter of the Bible. It's all the people that God decided that he was going to draw out one chapter and say that they received by faith. And he draws it out one after another, after another, after another, after another. But you know what's amazing? If you go read their stories... Not one of them was it instantaneous. God gave the promise, and then there was a process to receive that promise. And they had to go through that process to ever get there. And we need to realize that, you know, we talked about how faith comes a couple of weeks ago. That faith comes the second that we believe. Faith is instantaneous. Receiving promises by faith is not. Okay? Faith comes instantaneously. The second we choose to believe, boom, faith comes. But receiving the promise by faith is a process. It's going to take some time to walk it out. So how do we do it? How do we receive a promise by faith? How do we go from, okay, I have the word, to actually seeing it manifest in our life? How do we go through that process? Well, we see it in Hebrews 11. It says that Hebrew, in Hebrew, <laughs> I should have had that through a cup of coffee. I know you did, and I turned it down, right? You knew I needed it. 
Hebrew tells us that, that, can you guys put that back up? Hebrews tells us right there, it says, it says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who promised. There's three things there that I want you to see this morning. The first thing is, is that Sarah, by faith, by what she believed, one, received strength. The second thing that we see is that she conceived. And the third thing is she bore. It's a process. She received strength, she conceived, and then she bore. Well, the first thing that Sarah did when she believed God is she received strength. And I'm going to tell you, when you decide that you're going to go from hearing the word to believing the word and accepting it as truth and faith comes, the second that that happens, strength comes. Strength comes. Have you ever experienced that? You see the promise, you're like, yes, I believe that. And the second you declare, I believe it, you can sense there's a shift. There's a shift. Something changes. You all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, yeah, that can be mine. Yeah, I can take a hold of that. Yeah, I can possess that. That strength comes. You know what's really interesting about that word strength? That word strength is, is actually the word dunamis. It's dunamis. Dunamis is where we get the word dynamo and dynamite. What it is talking about is it's not only a word for strength, but it's a word for explosive power. God's supernatural power. So the second that we believe, right, what happens is we receive strength, supernatural power. For what? To start a process. Because the process that God's going to take you on to possess anything by faith is going to take him in the midst of it. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. Too many people try to possess the promises of faith in their own strength only. But you need him empowering you in the process. And you know what's interesting? We don't know when this happened with Sarah. We just know she received the promise... And somewhere between 14 and 24 years later, she gets pregnant to then possess the promise in the 15th to the 25th year. So somewhere in the midst of getting the promise, she decided, I'm going to believe the promise. We don't know exactly when that is. She believes this promise, and the second that she believes the promise, a supernatural strength comes into her to get her going in the process. So what happens is you hear the word. You can be free. You hear the word. I don't have to be an addict, right? You hear, you know, glory be to God who always leads us in triumph, right? I can live in victory. You hear the promise, and all of a sudden that shift takes place in you, and you say, I'm going to believe it, and when that happens, that strength comes. But the problem is, is so many people think that just that strength coming is all it takes to possess the promise. They want to skip all the way to the end. And can I tell you that there are times that that's all it takes to receive? Some of you have been in church services 
and somebody is preaching and they preach on a topic and you hear what they're preaching and you're like, yes, I believe that, I want that. And they say, come forward and they pray for you and you receive what they prayed for. So you can stop right here. God can do it right here. But it doesn't always happen. And guess what? With Sarah, it didn't happen. She didn't receive that and just turn up pregnant. It took 14 to 24 years. And we get upset because it's six months or two weeks. So that's the first thing that happens. We choose to believe the word and that strength comes. But then it gets good. The second thing it says is that Sarah conceived. Sarah conceived. And, and I'm sorry, I was geeking out this week. And uh, spent a lot of time on my strongs this week. And uh, this, this word here, conceived, you know what it also means? It means to plant or to establish a foundation. To plant or to establish a foundation. See, Sarah conceived, but really, that was the establishing of the foundation of what would be nine months later. It was the establishing of the foundation. See, you hear the promise, you accept the promise as truth, that supernatural strength comes, and then God starts planting into your life to establish a foundation that that promise can stand on. And this is, I think, the place where most people miss it. Because when was the last time that you prayed, God Establish a foundation in me that your promises can stand on. Yeah, probably never. When's the last time you heard it taught? Probably never. You know why this doesn't get taught? Because foundations are a bummer. See, what happens is people, people don't want to build a foundation. Because a foundation requires something that most people don't like. And that's called excavation. It's called excavation. It's when you go and you say, okay, here's the plans of what I want to build, your house, your condo, your high-rise, whatever it is. And you go, it's time to put in the foundation. And what's interesting is the size of the structure is equated to the size of the foundation. See, so many people want a skyscraper promise, but they only want to build a foundation that will sustain a small house. And see, God doesn't work that way. God's not going to give you a faulty foundation. He's going to start excavating. And the excavation that you will go through is as great as the promise he's giving you. Why? Because he wants that promise to stand. He wants that promise to stand. 
How many of you know someone that they got so excited because they received the promise and three years later, they didn't have the promise anymore? Anybody know anybody like that? I know several. It came quick, but it didn't stand. Well, why didn't it stand? Because the foundation couldn't withhold what was established on the foundation. And so God starts this process of building a foundation in our life, but it starts with excavation. He has to dig some things out of us so that the promise has something strong enough to stand on when he establishes it in your life. But people don't want to go through the excavation process. And I'll tell you right now, it's the worst part. But see what happens. What happens so many times with people is they hear the promise and the promise doesn't come to be. So what they start doing is just start declaring the promise louder. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right? This is the promise where the promise has happened, so they just start declaring the promise, start declaring the promise, start declaring the promise, start declaring the promise, start declaring the promise. The promise, the promise, the promise, the promise, the promise. When really, when you get the promise and it's not coming to pass, that's when we say, excavate me, Lord. Lay me open. What is it that hinders me from receiving the promise? What is it? Can I be honest with you? These are those little deep, dark places in our lives that we don't talk to anybody about. Because he knows those places that if he doesn't excavate them and put his rebar in there and his concrete in there in place of what you've built there will never sustain what he wants to build in your life. And most people don't want to go through that process. But can... There's been promises that we held on to for a long time. Janet and I. Things that we said, you know what? We know this is God's word. We know this is true. And we believe that we can have what he says we have. But can I tell you the things we've had to go through to get those promises? And I'll give you a perfect example. A good marriage. We established from the very beginning of our marriage, we were going to have a good, long marriage. That There was never going to be the D word in our vocabulary. That we were in it till somebody died or till she killed me. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> She'd have killed me long before now, so I think I'm all right. <laughs> but we decided that we wanted to establish some things. We wanted some things to be different in our life and in our marriage. Okay, my father was married six times. Yeah. Okay, I didn't have a real good role model. Not a good example to follow. A lot of insecurity. A lot of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of bad modeling. So we made a decision that things were going to be different and that I was going to be different, that I was in this forever and that she was in it forever. But can I tell you that she's had to change in order for that to happen? And so have I. It's just true. 
And there's been some things that God has had to excavate out of her life and put new things in place for her to be the amazing wife that she is. And he's had to dig some stuff out of me and put some stuff in place for me to be the incredibly awesome (laughs) husband that I am. Okay, he's probably still digging some stuff out. But see, that's a process. And see, we live in the Amazon Prime world. I ordered, it shows up tomorrow. Okay, but most of the faith promises are never going to come Amazon Prime. It's just not going to happen. It's going to be, yeah, this is, I was, you know, Glenn, I actually thought about saying that, but most people are like, Sears Catalog, what's that? What's that? Actually, actually, we had a conversation with some. We actually had a conversation with a lady yesterday, and she said she has she has a she has a husband who's a very large man. He's a rancher, and uh, the guy had hands like as big as my head. You know those guys, right? They shake your hand, and your your elbow is all that's showing, right? Those guys, you know what I'm saying? Those guys that just this is a big guy, right? One of those guys, he shakes your hands, and you go, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a girly woman. I mean, I'm a girly man. I mean." I mean, you know, I'm, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. He was one of the, you know, I mean, his fingers were like, yeah, like the Polish dogs at Costco. I mean, this guy, he, I'm not kidding you. He, she literally was, the reason why I bring all this up, she literally said to us, I have to find places to custom order gloves for him because I can't buy anything big enough for his hands. And she told us, she goes, and I don't do it Amazon. I have to go find catalogs of places that sell gloves big enough for his hands, and I have to order them, and then they get shipped, and then they arrive sometime. So she's always got to be ahead of it because they're, they're cattle people, and they live out on this big ranch, and it's just crazy. That's why it's probably why his hands are so big, but... The point is, it's a process to get what they need, right? We need to realize it's a process, and God's going to have to excavate some things in us, and we have to cooperate with the process. That's why the first thing that it says is that when we accept the word as truth, that Sarah accepted it as truth when she was in faith, that that strength came. Because you need the strength of God in you to make it through the excavation process that he wants to do. And what we do is we say the strength comes and we think it's just to grab a hold of the the, the answer and see the promise come to pass. But really a lot of times that strength coming is so that we can go through the excavation process we need to get to. And so we, we step into that. We step into this. And then it says at the very end, she bore Isaac. What a simple little phrase. She bore Isaac. Can I just tell you, no woman just bears a child. (laughs) I mean, it almost sounds like, and the Stark showed up and dropped baby Isaac off at their tent. It's, that's the picture you get, right? And she bore Isaac. Any husbands been in labor and delivery with your wife? Now, of course, we're not in labor and delivery. We're just there with them, right? It is nuts. 
It is crazy. It is a process. Never forget with Emily. She's pregnant. Jan's pregnant with Emily. And uh, we wake up in the middle of the night. Jan's having contractions. In fact, Janet's mom was flying in that day that Janet is now having contractions coming into the morning. So we got up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, got the Sunday paper, and started looking at the paper while she was in contractions. And then finally we decided, I think you're going to have the baby. I think it's going to happen. Right? We're timing everything. Everything's getting closer and closer and closer. And so we, let's, let's do this. Let's go, to the, let's go to the hospital. Right? So we go to the hospital. We get to the hospital. They check her, you know, check the oil kind of thing. <laughs> You're court low. And they look at her and they say, you're not, you're not going to have the baby today. So go walk. They released her from the hospital. And so it's about the time to pick up her mama from the airport. So we were going to go to the airport. Now, this is pre-9-11 days so that you could actually walk to the gate. Okay? And so we're at Portland International Airport. And, of course, Connie's coming in at the very last gate at the end of the concourse. And so we're walking... The concourse, and this is literally, I'm not kidding, this is literally how it went. We'd be walking along, and Jan would be like, It's like, are you okay? Okay, and then we'd start walking again. And we walked the whole concourse that way. And then her mom gets off the airplane, and we got to go back. And so we're walking through the airport. It's like three days in the airport. And... Um, we get to the car. She sits down. Contractions stop. And I'm like, Pina, man, I'm hungry. So we went through the drive-thru, and we went to Wendy's. And I got a big old juicy burger. And Janice like, Janice like, um, I'll just have a vanilla Frosty. And um, so she gets a vanilla Frosty so she can nibble on it. And... Then she's like, I don't know. I think maybe the baby. So we go back to the hospital. So now we're at the hospital, and they lay her down. And I should probably cut the story off here, but I got to finish this piece. And they they put her in a bed, right? And you know they check everything. They check, and she's laying there, and she's like, I think, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna be sick. And they're like, Yeah, she's she's staying. We think that baby's gonna come now. That the baby's gonna be here. And and so she's laying there in bed. She goes, I, I think I'm gonna be sick. And so. Me and Connie were looking for one of those, you know, bedpans. Who makes a bedpan, you know, in the shape of a bean? (laughs) Right? And about that deep and about that wide doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, if I put it right here, I'd be like, no, it's just not going to work. And so we find it, and about the time we find it, she throws up. She's laying down. And I'm not kidding you, an albino dolphin jumped out of her mouth. I mean, it just, I'm not kidding you. It went all the way over the end of the bed. Not a single bit of that 
ice cream got on her. It all went over the end of the bed. And I'm not kidding you. I wish I had video of it because it looked like a dolphin. Little dorsal fins sticking up, little thing out here. It was crazy. That's what happened. And Connie is my witness. It happened. But you know what? She could feel the pain that the promise was coming. And can I tell you that once you've received the promise and once you've allowed God to excavate you, you will sense that you're coming in to the promise. And what happened that day is she ended up being admitted to the hospital. And you know what? It wasn't me in a catcher's mitt and Emily just shooting right out. It was, some time, it was some time of labor. And it was Janet having to push with the contractions and fight to give birth to Emily. Can I tell you that after you've been excavated and you sense that the promise is coming, that's not the time that you stop and just wait for it. And that's what a lot of people do. Well, God gave me the promise. You know what? There's going to be some birth pains. You're going to have to keep applying pressure and keep effort in the process. You're going to have to keep your mouth in line with what the promise promised. Hello? You're going to have to take some deep breaths and say, you know what? I know it's coming. I know it's coming. It's coming. And you're going to have to put forth that effort to see it birth to see it birth. And depending on what the promise is, depends on what you're going to have to do. Can I tell you, if you're believing for a financial promise, you know what the birth pains are going to feel like? I got to give right now? Really, God, I got to give right now? Really? Yes. He really means you got to give right now. You know what? It It may be believing for healing. Right, and he's excavated it in you. And you know what? That means that you've got to do the things that he told you to do while you're being excavated for you to receive the healing. I'll give you a perfect example. We're at Bible school. Some of you know this story, if not most of you. But we're at Bible school. I've literally had healing scriptures beat into my brain. And I needed them beat into my brain. But they literally beat into my brain. And I'm at work one night, and I'm getting sick. And I have an employee come up to me and say, hey, are you feeling all right? I'm like, no, I feel sickness coming on. I don't feel good. Da, da, da. You know, in Tulsa, everybody's a believer. So, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. And they gave me a hug, and they walked off. And the second they walked off, the Holy Spirit said to me, if you didn't need that sympathy, you wouldn't have to be sick. Yeah. Because I had been conditioned because my mom worked so hard when we were, when we were flat broke. Four people, three kids living in a two-bedroom apartment trying to survive that the only time you got any attention is when you got sick because my mom didn't have it to give any other time. So I thought in my, my brain that, you know what, it's okay to be sick because it brings the sympathy that you need and attention feels good. It's nice. And we all like a little attention, right? But the reality is that was, a, that was opening the door for me to say, come on, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take sick. 
so I can get sympathy. Well, guess what? You know what that birth pain feels like? I don't allow people to sympathize for me when I don't feel good. And as a man, that's really hard. Because let's be honest, men, we're the worst patients of all. We are bad. Maybe you're not, but I am. So for me, those birth pains feel like, no, no, I'm not going to give in to sympathy. No, I'm going to crawl out of this bed, and I'm going to go do what I need to do, and I'm going to keep pushing on. That, for me, is what those birth pains feel like. And for all of us, those birth pains will be different. And a lot of times, the birth pains come out of what was excavated in us because God had to excavate that sympathy out of me so that I could walk in hell. So how do we go from the promise to possession? One, we receive his strength. The second we say, God, I believe your promise is true, that strength comes, we receive it. Why do we receive it? Because we're going to need that strength as we go through the excavation process. And you know what? We invite God into that excavation process. And we say, God, you take out of me what needs to come out, and you put in what needs to be put in so that I can possess the promise. And then when the labor starts, guess what? You have got to be active and stay in the process to give birth to the promise. Amen? Bow your heads. Father, I just thank you for every person in this room this morning. And Father, I thank you that you're helping all of us possess the promises that you have for us. Father, don't let us be content with where we are. And Father, I invite you. I invite you into the excavation process of our lives. In fact, if that's you this morning and, and you'd say, you know what? You want to allow and invite the Lord in to start excavating some things in your life. You know that there's things that have been hindering you from receiving the promises that God has for you. And that thing is going through the process of excavation, letting him pull those things out and establish a new foundation. If that's you, just a private moment between you and the Lord, you'd say this morning, Lord, excavate me. Build in a new foundation that your promises can stand. If that's you, would you lift up your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands all over the room. Father, right now this morning, I just thank you that you begin the excavation process in every one of these lives. Father, you know exactly what needs to come out and you know exactly what needs to be formed in. So, Father, I ask you to start the work. And, Father, as you start the work, I thank you that that supernatural strength that came when they believed, Father, that is this, gives them the strength to endure the process. And, Father, I thank you that as they do, they will see the promise. It will come to pass. Father, open their eyes. Speak to them. Reveal the changes that need to take place by your word. God, use a person or a friend to come and speak to them. But Lord, excavate those things that need to change. And Holy Spirit, we ask you. We ask you to work on our hearts. Work on our minds. 
Father, your word says that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth. So Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit's leading this process, changing and excavating us, that we would be able to withstand the weight of the promise when it comes, because you have built a solid foundation in us. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. You know, the first foundation that any of us need in our life in order for God to bring the promises that he's given us to pass, that first foundation has got to be Jesus. Jesus is the bedrock foundation that our foundation has to be built upon. So I have to ask you this morning, where are you at with Jesus? Have you said, Jesus, be the foundation of my life? A lot of places you might hear it as, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, or be my Savior. But the reality is, He needs to be the foundation. He needs to be the place that you set yourself and you build your whole life on Him. Where are you at? Have you made Him the foundation of your life? Thank you for checking out today's podcast. If you would like any further information about Rivers Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.